Hey there, folks. It's Nick. Sorry I wasn't able to be on today's episode. I had to go see my family. All of us ordered carbonara for lunch. Uh, it was great. Anyhow, uh, for next week's episode, it's going to be our sort of anniversary of doing the podcast, um, although we haven't posted entirely consistently, so it's not like we're at episode 52 or what have you yet, but uh, we're planning on trying to do something special. We will certainly be streaming uh, on Saturday, probably starting around 1 p.m., something like that, and we'll be streaming for a while. Um, what we're going to be streaming, we're not entirely sure, but we were thinking of just a couple ideas, like either playing a few games with each other or probably trying to make a little game in a short amount of time could be pretty fun. Um, but regardless, we'll be doing something cool. Um, it's going to be probably a long stream. Uh, and we'd love it if you could come join us. But that's really all. It's just a quick heads up for all our viewers or listeners. <laughs> um, if you are viewing this, please let me know. I'd like to know how you did that uh, as a whole market we've missed. Regardless, um, we'll see you there, hopefully. Thanks. Where can, we, where can they watch us? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Where, where can you watch us? Uh, it's... I just figured everyone would know since it's so uh, so so popular. But uh, it's Make Play Live uh, is our Twitch handle. So just go check us out. Give us a follow. Uh, come hang. Yeah, should be pretty pretty low key. Anyway, thanks. Welcome to another episode of Make Play. I'm here uh, solo today uh, with our guest, Michael Lobby. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm a, I'm a game designer. I study at the NYU Game Center. I'm graduating this semester. Uh, that's terrifying. Yeah, I bet it is. But it's also kind of exciting, right? Yeah, it's definitely exciting. Nice. I wonder what the, the next path will be. Oh yeah, there are, there are many and varied. Um, apologies in advance for my voice because it is awful. I've been sick the past few days, so bear with me. Uh, hopefully it'll get better soon. Um, I'm gonna be sniffing a lot. Hopefully I will remember not to cough. That mm. I cannot guarantee, but uh, I'm gonna try. I'll try to encourage it. Um, so yeah, we can just jump right in. What have you been working on recently, Mike? So uh, I'm currently working on my capstone. It's a game called Pete's Apocalypse. Pete's Apocalypse. I'm glad you're still working on this. Oh yeah. So um, so initially this game began as an RPG about uh, trying to be the last surviving pizzeria in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... <laughs> well, how could there... Wait, sorry to interrupt, but no, how could there only be one qu- pizza left? Because of the pizza apocalypse. So, okay. <sighs> so in the original game, Big Pizza drove out every every other non-chain restaurant in New York oh, City. Big Domino's. Pizza. Yeah, it was a conglomerate of all the Big Pizza chains. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. There's only $1 pizza place left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then playtest feedback revealed that game is bad. So now this game, it's a uh, it's a competitive Dino Dash game with like some t- uh, Tetris attack elements about uh, using like interdimensional communication to get more customers for your hmm. pizza restaurants. Hmm. Okay. And doing like a galactic competition to see if you're worthy to still be a pizzeria. Wow. So how does how does the galactic and interdimensional aspect like work its way into this like little humble pizza chain story? Uh so the pizza chain story got thrown out the window. Uh okay. but uh right now the current the first pizza apocalypse came about because uh someone opened a rift uh, okay. to other dimensions to get more customers in and as then it happens. The as it does uh and then the five overseers of all fast food restaurants across the <laughs> galaxy we're like, 
this can never happen again. So you're going to need to do like an elaborate competition to verify if the fry cook games. Oh, from SpongeBob, wow. Oh my God. That's great. So it's like, all right, you have to prove your worth to us that you're worthy to, to serve these kinds of fried delicacies. Exactly. And if they're not, you get exiled. Yeah. Wow. What does that mean though? I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> like you just Cause we end up really afraid of like, do we might make it a kids game, but also can we do murder? So we're not sure. <laughs> can we remove them from existence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like vaporize them or something. Or just yeah. or just vaporize all pizza and like make it impossible to make ever again. Like there's alter the laws of physics such that pizza can no longer exist. Cheese like glides off yeah. of the bread <laughs> and you put it on. You're like no. Yeah, you can have you can have sauce on the on the crust, but as soon as you try to add cheese on it, it just explodes. <laughs> yeah. That's really interesting. So it started off as uh, the the New York chains getting reduced to one sort of spot. And so this was like last semester that you've yes, been working on that yeah. iteration. And they were just me, uh, Michael Cleary, and Molly came on kind of towards the end mm -hmm. uh, doing art. Okay, great. And so, but that, so at the start of this semester, is that when you decided to change, change tax? Yeah, or? so we got uh, a new dedicated programmer mm, that's uh, and considering we had zero previously they are the best people in the world <laughs> um, uh, yeah max is a literal lifesaver yeah so because we had uh two new people on the project we were like we should kind of like reevaluate what yeah. this game kind of is because new ideas healthy. coming in yeah um and it eventually came to be that we were all kind of interested in strategy games in like time management games Looking at that Overcooked. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Looking at Overcooked, looking at like Delicious Emily, hmm. playing Dino Dash once. Uh, and from there, we were like, this could probably take on a better identity about the yeah. chaos of pizza making. Yeah, that's nice. And especially, I think that's nice at a, at a juncture like that to let the people that are new feel like they have more agency exactly. in, the, in the creation of the thing. Um, how does it feel to be making this? Like, so are you? Do you, are you kind of in the position of like the creative lead of this? Because that's always the weird thing about the game center is like the roles are never really established. Yeah. So uh, at one point, I thought I was the creative lead, yeah. and I was like treated as such. And then I realized that it made it made uh, my situation a little uncomfortable. Just mm -hmm. being like, because yeah. whenever there was like uh, an imperfect juncture, you'd be like, "All right, Michael, what do we do next?" And I yeah. like have other people that are like. Right. equally contributing so it felt weird to have the final say yeah so the start of this semester we kind of set a ground rule that like we all have equal contribution mm. and like equal say in the identity of this game nice uh so it went from creatively to more like molly's technically more of like the lead designer role like she wrote like the design bible and everything okay so we're all like contributing to that and making sure it's kind of a little bit more horizontal yeah yeah that's nice and, and so it has felt more like productive and equitable and everything oh yeah because of that that's great way more productive especially yeah yeah that was that was always the weird thing um on zapper where it was just like okay well what do we what do we do and it's like i would prefer to have it be more horizontal but if it's literally going to be called like jimmy stein yeah zapper, <laughs> i kind of can't blame them for like asking me what it should be like <laughs> right right that's totally fair because in the beginning that was like a totally fair question to ask me too because it was yeah. like all right, Michael, what, what's in your brain for Pizza Apocalypse? And right. I could, like, tell them. And now that it's, like, totally different, I'm like, I want more people in on this. Yeah, yeah. But every group also works differently. Like, I know our programmer, like, just wanted to be told, like, kind of what to do. Totally. And he was great to, like, bounce ideas off of and certainly helped, like, straighten out what the hell I was trying to come mm. up with because I'd have, like, seven ideas. And I would just be like, okay, these are all the things I'm thinking about. And he'd be like, okay, well, it kind of seems like this is what you really want to say. And I'm like... You are correct, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, like, absolutely invaluable um, to have in, in a team. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's so cool. So I know since you're at the Game Center, you're not just working on your Capstone project. Oh, God, no, I'm not. What, what else you got cooking? I'm working on uh, a 
think three, yeah, three other games, mm-hmm. which that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should enjoy this part of your life because it's the pro- hopefully, but maybe not hopefully the last time you'll be working on like th- four games all at the same time, which is kind of like exciting at the time, but also absolutely exhausting. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if I'm like if I should be excited now or should be excited for when it's all over, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, I'm working. On, uh, I'm in designing for museums. Oh, cool. So uh, me and a group of other people are making a game for the Museum of Natural History about uh, throwing asteroids at the moon oh. to explain how craters are made. Oh, so that's we're so cool. let people like throw rocks at the moon and yeah. explode and whatnot. That's so fun. Yeah. So and so, does this have like an end goal as being installed at the museum somewhere? So the end goal, uh, because like departments get to pick which pitches they kind of enjoy. Okay. So the pitch they end up picking was, um, we were like uh, all pitching to the same department, which was the programs department. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a festival coming up. Uh, it's kind of like celebrating the uh, anniversary of like the moon landing 50 years ago. Okay. Uh, so they wanted to make a game specifically for that. Oh, wow. And we all pitched towards them, and then one of them got picked. We were mm-hmm. like, all right, we're still going to work with you because we all want to be a part of this festival. Yeah. So the end goal is technically that festival, but also there's potentially plans, if it goes well, to make it a more permanent fixture. Let's yeah, see. that's so cool. And this is just like a PC kind of game? or It's going to be like uh, kind of like a big game almost. Okay. It's going to be like uh, we hope for it to be a big game. So like a tv up on a screen right. and then multiple people can like either log in or use ipads on the tables to kind right. of like get involved yeah that makes sense because it's like okay yeah the moon has plenty of room for craters yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it never really stops getting them mm-hmm. that's cool yeah at first i was like oh maybe this is gonna be like a vr thing because like that would be kind of fun because throwing things in vr is like one of fun. the like most enjoyable things you can possibly do oh yeah we were playing with um we got a we got a dev kit for uh, a new headset that's coming out soon. Oh, sweet! And with, like the like initial setup, like get to know your headset kind of thing, was literally just like throw all these different kinds of things into the <laughs> air. And I'm not gonna lie, throwing a paper airplane in VR is really satisfying. Oh, that sounds really good. Because it's like, since it's like been designed by a human to like fly in a specific pattern. They're not gonna have it be a shitty paper airplane. Yeah, that goes right I've, to the o- ground. I've only ever had bad paper airplanes yeah. that are like, we. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so it. this lets you, you know, you just like you chuck it and it always yeah. like, sails through the sky and it's like, oh my god, this is exactly what I've always <laughs> They're wanted. Geniuses. Talk about fulfillment machines, am I right? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, okay, so Moon Game is one, and so that's that being worked on with like a, a group of people. Yeah, four other people. Okay, wow, that's mm-hmm. a that's a big team to make a Moon Game. Yeah, it's a big Moon Game team. So how does how does work get allocated there? Because it kind of seems like that's a pretty straightforward idea. Like you need an artist, mm. you need a programmer, and maybe a designer or two, and a couple other people to help out. But like, how how does it shake out? Um, well, Matt Parker was initially uh, very unsure of like how we're going to delegate yeah. kind of the task and everything. Yeah. But it eventually came out to. Uh, I was very since the beginning. I was very interested in the kind of research aspect of things. Okay. So I kind of became like the like. It's hard to say narrative designer because it's not really a story, but like right. narrative in the unofficial way of doing a lot of research and like communicating the right, story. Right. Of the well, there is a fictional context being purported here, so like, how does that work? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of my role is like doing dedicated research, like academically, and also kind of coming up with like a user story. Sure. Sure. Um. Uh. One programmer kind of dedicated to Unity stuff, like mm-hmm. Unity specific stuff, because the three other people are in 
IPP, I want to okay. say. Yeah. So they don't have like uh, game engine experience. They do have coding experience. So Got they're it. doing like yeah. web sockets and like communication Ooh. between platforms. Nice. And, like dedicated artists. Oh, so that's what would potentially allow you to do like uh, logging on your phone. Right, right. Kind of thing. Mm. That is that is really cool. Mm. That is one of those things. I remember the first time I played like a Jackbox game. Yeah. And they did that. And I was like, oh my God. Impossible. You can do this? <laughs> this is amazing. Why doesn't everybody do this? This is so cool. I know there was like. I'm trying to remember what the name of it was, but I think it was by the people that did, um, oh God, what's it called? Uh, that horror game where you're playing in the cabin and you can like make a bunch of choices and it's sort of like a horror movie that plays out oh, as it goes along. Oh, it's, like, it's either Until Dawn or... I think it might be that. Yeah, I, I think, think it's so. Until Dawn. I think so. I, those developers did a sort of smaller story module mm. that uh, were wherein like there are four different characters and up to four different people can log in on their phones and control the decisions that those characters make oh, in given cool. scenarios. One of them ends up being a traitor, of course. Nice. Very be- betrayal at the House on the Hills kind mm. of story. Um, and then you're just trying to figure out who is trying to do what, basically. And you have certain abilities that let you like reveal who made a certain decision at different cool. points in the in the story. Yeah. So, and it's all like being rendered out digitally, <clears throat> which is which is kind of interesting there. Um, but I don't, I don't really know anybody else who's done something similar. And I've never even played it, so I don't really know how it was distributed. Really, me and for actually a game jam. Uh, it was another uh, decently sized team. Was it? it was kind of. It was like five people. It was like me, Kate, Caitlin, Marcus, um, Liz. We did like a kind of like Mad Libs style like submit your responses type game where all it was was you were given like six empty spaces. Because it was basically a a date between two robots. Okay. Uh, and what you would do is you'd program them by everyone submits a response for the first word, second word, third word. Oh, okay. And it randomly picks one. Yeah. Uh, and we got nominated for Biggest Train Wreck. Oh, but hot we didn't damn. win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that does sound like it'd be <clears throat> it'd be tricky to execute on. Yeah, I mean it worked, but the the train wreck part came the fact that there was no like curation of like what people can contribute. Right. So you put like dollar signs and hearing like Microsoft saying being like dollar sign, dollar sign. <laughs> Sounding good to me, but yeah. apparently not for them. <laughs> um, <clears throat> sorry. No worries. So, uh, so you have uh, pizza game, moon game, pizza game, moon game, and we got three others, two others. I think I have two others. I'm, tr- uh, um, and, and advanced game design, mm-hmm. uh, which I know is also professionally prep- oriented. Practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not really making a game. So right. I lied about that one. I'm running design docs. For well, that they class. did. They did change the name though, didn't they? Yes, yeah. they did. Because when I took that class, it was about board games. It was just advanced game design, which is what I wanted to take. But it was the same class that you were taking. Yes. Is the problem. So it was even less specific about, like, I thought we were just going to do advanced game design, but we were mostly writing game design docs because there was no hint that that was even a part of it. Right. And so we we told Eric, like, hey, man, like, maybe we should call this class something else. And he was like, good point. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I actually met up with him last week to just, like, catch up and stuff. And he Mm. was talking about it. So, yeah. So what's going on there? Uh, That's going well. We are, so we had to, like, first become like clients basically yeah so we had to like come up with like a proposal like a, like an rfp yeah being like this is the kind of game we want and you yeah. better give it to us so <laughs> i took on the role of like an oil executive being oh, like give me a chevron game kid oh, make it no. and make it good make yeah. a propaganda and yeah. then uh then on the other side we had to like actually make design docs for those games so right. me right. and two other people i only end up in large teams for some reason mm-hmm. uh but had to make it an album companion game for MGMT's newest album. Oh, that that is surprisingly like 
close to something that will actually exist. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it was also interesting because I don't like that album. But, uh, <laughs> That's uh, part of the challenge. Yeah, exactly. So we uh, came up with a bunch of pitches, and the pitch I made was a Viewmaster ARG. Okay. So, yeah. like, there are clues inside, like, the Viewmaster right. things that right. would, like, lead you to, like, an Adult Swim-esque website where everything's, like, busted and not what it seems. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and that was the pitch that ended up getting chosen. There uh, you go. So now we're doing, like, a full-scale prototype of what that would look like. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to build, like, an AR, like, app kind of thing? I'm not... So not really an app. So it's going to be all done through, like, an actual Viewmaster. Oh, oh, So, okay. like, our prototypes are probably going to involve, like, getting disks and, like, scrawling clues on them and making people, like, merge the disks together. Oh, and, like, maybe okay. be like, oh, this one's making a number four. Let me put that in the password. Oh, my God. So you have to go out and buy some Viewmasters. Or circular papers. Or circular papers. <laughs> and just be like, this is how it would work if you were yeah. looking at it through a Viewmaster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so cool, though. I'll yeah. hold it close to their face and spin it around. That works, too. Yeah, I would totally be into that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's that's funny, though, because, like, uh, Planeta, the studio where I work, mm. like, we are, we've, like, talked a lot about trying to do, like, small AR experiences with an album release so that right. we can, like, use the album cover, you know, like, you buy the limited edition and you get a download code for free and you can use the cover as, like, a marker so that you put it down anywhere and this, like, one specific thing will happen yeah. because you have this cover. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that is, that's, that's cool that you guys are, like, that close to... To, to reality oh perfect um, which is the nice thing about that class it's like as much as it would have been nice to do a little bit more actual game design mm. those skills were super super useful totally yeah like definitely the ability to communicate a pretty complex idea to someone who's supposed to give you money to execute on it exactly like yeah. i'm always an advocate for like more i don't want to say like business or corporate orient but like more uh like again like like yeah, professional oriented classes yeah, about absolutely. like what's it like to go up to someone that doesn't know a lot about games and be like I hear why I need the game kid yeah exactly I think I should have mentioned this before but I feel like one other good sort of uh, example scenario to be in would be like a freelance thing totally with yeah. like an individual and not a company like it's someone who like has money and wants to make this thing come into the world but cannot touch it because totally. they don't know how to make it so right. They give you the best idea, and then you have to make it, and they have to be as honest as possible about the fact that it's not what they asked for, mm. or it is what they asked for, but they didn't realize they asked for the wrong thing. Yeah, you know? I think it's a really interesting, like, yeah, I could definitely see that being, like, a full-scale thing. Yeah, because that's something that, like, I have, like, very limited experience with, but, like, as much experience as I have, I just felt really ill-equipped, like, what are the limits how I, here? Like, right. how much can I say, like you should do like how much more can i ask someone to do like obviously money is involved so i'm gonna have to pay for as much as they want me to do mm -hmm. on the opposite end it's like okay well what do i charge them like if it do i do hourly project based like how does this work you exactly. know um and that's definitely like something that you you know coming out of the game center with you'll have a lot of like marketable skills that can be used really easily in that in that context mm -hmm. um, i haven't been on fiverr personally but i hear good things about yeah. it despite the fact that their ads are horrible. Yeah, they're so bad. Yeah, <laughs> I really, really hate those. Um, but apparently the platform is okay. Which oh, that's I guess good. is better, because like, God only knows who actually made those ads. Yeah, they're, uh, every time I see them, they're like, this guy never sleeps, he just works on your project. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, they're a little, they're a little, they're a little like, uh, they're kind of gross. Yeah, I guess. yeah. That's the best way to describe it. There's just one. I, I'll never forget this one where it's just like, uh. You have an idea. This guy's gonna it, it, basically every single one is like, you haven't done any of the work yet. 
but this guy will do it for yeah, you. Right. And I'm like, well, as long as he'll do it. <laughs> yeah. And there were others before that were like, this is just for doers. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't do anything, you're a piece of shit. Get off our platform. Oh, sorry. Promise <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't emphatically clap. <laughs> but it's so true. They're always like, this guy puts a coffee directly into his bloodstream. Yeah. What do you do for a living? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm on the train. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm just sitting here reading your ads, goddammit. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Isn't this what I'm supposed to do? I don't yeah. know. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay. So there's that Viewmaster game. I think we got one more. Uh, one more left. Uh, this one, I'm taking, like, a art and cities class, so I'm making some games. Oh, this sounds so cool. I love these classes. Yeah, this, it's, a, it's not a game center class, but I proposed a game that, like, I'm woefully under-equipped for. But it's uh, a game about uh, how tech companies, like, cannibalize the the areas that they, like, sprout up in. Right, yeah. So I'm going to do a game kind of about, like, trying to do a city council meeting in a city that's just owned by Amazon by this point. Yeah. I'm calling it the Amazon, and, like... <laughs> You, you basically, like, are, like, doing proposals on Twitch, and then they'll be like, we'll get back to you and see if that goes through. And the game is just going to have, like, a looping structure where, like, mm. nothing gets done. Right. Oh, that's, that's kind of nice, though, because then at least, like, it gets its message across, and you, you don't actually have to have anything happen. Masterpiece. Masterpiece. Oh, my God. Did you read? <laughs> well, it's the chef's kiss. You get the chef's kiss. You know, mwah. Oh, it's a masterpiece. The language of my people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but our Wi-Fi network, it's called chef's kiss. Oh, thank God. I was worried it wasn't. Uh, well, that that sounds really cool, but it's, so that sounds like it's in earlier stages. Perhaps. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Even yeah, though yeah. the first prototype's due tomorrow. So well, good luck. Thank you. <laughs> um, and is that like a solo thing or a couple of people? Solo. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's nice to have like one or two solo projects totally. going on, so you can at least be like, all right, well, I'm the only one who's accountable for this. Yeah. Although it is often easier to let those slip through the cracks because you're the only one accountable. For yeah. That's what I, I like mentioned that to Eric at one point that like I was wondering if we could do more solo things because mm-hmm. I have a hard time with accountability and everyone else's other problem with that they have problems working with groups so i was like i'll take out that's fine yeah yeah interesting um as for me i've not been working on much uh obviously i've been sick so that's kind of put a damper on things i have been trying to write more i don't know if you listened to that podcast where i talked about this uh uh street racing game in space no tell me about it uh i don't think i've actually talked very much about it but i finally started to write some of the script itself Mm. so basically where i'm at in life is that I want to write more, right? Um, Literally, which is difficult, and uh, because most of the ideas that I end up having are like for these vast AAA games that like will never get made <laughs> until I'm like 55 or something ridiculous like that, if ever, you know, like right. it's just not something that's a reasonable like goal to execute on at some point in the future. But for better or for worse, that's all I've been able to work on or like think about or get excited about to write. So I'm just like, well, screw it. I'm just writing, gonna write it anyway. Yeah. And hopefully this will get it out of my out of my system, and I can just move on with my life and start thinking about smaller projects from here on out. Um, and I'm also wondering, like, okay, well, once I have it all down on paper, maybe I'll be able to look at the whole thing and realize, like, oh, I can pluck this sort of idea out of it and workshop that into something that's more like actually, you know, tenable to create within like a few months or something. Right. Um, so the idea is that you play as a uh, a kid, sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they then pronouns because like the thing about space and the future is that like I'm assuming we're gonna get over gender at some point yeah <laughs> this social kind of that only applies to earth yeah I mean I hope so but anyway it's elsewhere in space so who, who knows what they have going on um, and so you're playing as this kid and they just love to like race and so basically you can think about it as like if pod racing was crossed with like American graffiti 
and like a little bit of uh, like uh, uh, Fast and Furious mm-hmm. all sort of meshed into one. Um, maybe with a little bit of like Japanese mountain drifting, mm-hmm. a little bit of like Middle Eastern drag races. Ooh. Um, yeah, the mood board for this is great. Yeah. I had a lot of fun putting that together. Okay, okay. <laughs> I like... I'm always a big fan of, like, anything racing-oriented. Yeah. You can just pull it from so many different aspects. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of, like, the overall tone. You're on this desert planet, and it has a lot of canyons in it, so you're, like, racing through the canyons a lot. Um, and so you're playing as this kid with, like, the other, like, group of, like, racing people that they like. All their rigs are, like, really charismatic and loud and have all these crazy sound designs. Like, if this thing ever gets made, we're going to need, like, a team of sound engineers yeah. because there's an upgrade system that lets you, like, buy certain things for your rig, but I don't... I don't like it in games or in racing games where like they just give you a new car every three seconds. Because I was yeah. playing, I was playing Forza Horizon a few months oh, ago. Oh yeah, yeah. And that game is just like, let me get like a, a a vial of neon and like inject it into your veins. You know, like it's just like new car, new car. Like get all this crazy stuff. Here's a free house. You know, like yeah. it was just like a little too much for me. Mm. <laughs> and I I prefer getting like attached to like a digital yeah. thing for some reason. So like having like the car that you have totally that you gradually like upgrade and like have stories you can tell about like oh yeah I remember that one time like I slammed into the side of that wall so I don't have a left like plate right now I gotta pay for that that's definitely a really true thing for like a lot of the shows about kind of like raising your speed so like like Cowboy Bebop for right. example like getting attached to like the vehicle yeah. itself is like yeah. a really real thing have you ever heard of the movie I think it's called like Red, Red Line, Line. Yeah. oh yeah it's so good <laughs> that was definitely a big a big touch point as well right cause it's I just love it like like tying personality to like yeah. the thing that you use yeah yeah JP is wow what a guy um, and that sense of speed is also like oh, really yeah. cool. This is definitely gonna be less fast than that because that's mm. like hilariously over the top fast. Like no one would ever be able to play a yeah. game that goes that fast. Um, but so like definitely probably taking too much from Redline. The the overarching narrative is that you're playing as this group, small planet. He wants, or, or sorry, they want to get off this planet. Mm. Um, he's got like, or they have a, a friend who's uh, uh, like a reverse bionic, so like a robot that has like human elements grafted on. I like that because. They just really want to live, you know, mm. um, and so they have this situation going on there, and there's like this giant galaxy-spanning race that happens every five years. Like, mm. so it's kind of like the Olympics mixed with Red Line, right? Um, where the planet that it happens to get hosted on is usually like a well-off planet that can like benefit from this like infrastructure injection, all the tourism it's going to generate, mm. and that's what gets set up. Everybody gets really disappointed on this planet because oh well, now it's going to be like across the universe. We're not going to be able to get to go see the race again because none of us can afford to you know get a, a shuttle ticket to get there i guess we'll watch it live mm. or like over the broadcast like we always do um and then like some political thing happens i still have to figure out what what goes on mm. but it can't be on that planet anymore and they have to figure out real quick where to put it again and so they put it on the planet of the protagonist or the the, the moon of the protagonist because mm. for all intents and purposes as far as anybody in the government cares, no one lives on this moon. Right. Which is obviously not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it gets put there and everybody on the on the host planet is kind of like excited about it. But then as soon as like any infrastructure starts showing up, they do not give a shit about the people on this planet anymore. Mm. And it gets to be really tense where like, oh, well, you know, uh, Quinn, your protagonist, like, oh, well, they really want to be in this race because the host planet gets to like sponsor a few people just out of like a sort of honor tribute thing to like actually be in the race. And so... Well, they might have a chance to qualify because they're really good, but you know, their their partner, their like their uh, uh, Lee is the is the reverse bionic dude, mm. um, is like getting kind of upset because they're like putting all they're like really screwing up the sort of geological systems in this. There's like one qualifying race I'm thinking about where 
they have like this giant like massive half pipe that's like you know a, a kilometer into the sky basically mm. and so there's like a, a jump off on the side and you have to exit the half pipe all over this jump to like get to the rest of the race mm-hmm. but this is also sort of to tutorialize the fact that like gravity is a thing that exists like mm. as an important factor in the races so like if you're going downhill you're going to be going faster than you're used to probably mm-hmm. and it's going to be harder to break and so this is kind of like okay jump into this giant half pipe and like go up and back and forth until you can build up enough speed to like jump off and try and make it to the next side. But what that means is, like, cool. you're going up and you're, like, hurtling down. Yeah. You're like, ah. <laughs> um, and other people are going to be coming, like, like face-to-face with you because you're going to be out of sync with people. Mm. So it's like you're going to be That's really streaming right past itself. people. Yeah. And I don't think you'd be able to, like, total your, your rig and, like, fly out or anything crazy like that. But it would slow you down mm. if you hit anybody, which is kind of the, the, the deficit to that. Mm. Um, but to, like, okay, so there's this, like, giant half-pipe. Everybody on this planet loves it or whatever, but it's not quite up to safety codes. So the commission that's hosting these races, like, installs all these, like, support beams and shit in it. Mm. And everyone's like, oh, my God, like, this isn't going to work out. And it actually, like, reduces its structural integrity because they've been drilling into it. And during that qualifying race, it collapses and, like, a bunch of the racers end up dying. Oh. Like, you and your, and your uh, sidekick don't. But a lot of other people do, and it's sort of like a that's sort of where the the, the tension, is. the break point is. And now it's kind of like oh, the protagonist like really wants to to continue to do this, but like their best friend really doesn't, and now they have this fight, and so kind of goes along from there. And I think the the preferred outcome is that like okay, you convince them to like join into the race, but it's so that you can like get to a position of like power because you've won yeah. to then say this is screwed up and like we need to change the way this works and that mm. kind of stuff. So. Yeah, we'll see if that happens. Um, That's really cool. <laughs> the thing I'm trying to figure out now is like how to differentiate between like these set piece races where like a specific thing needs to happen to further the plot mm. versus like a free race thing. Because obviously I want people to race a lot. Like yeah. that's the focus of the game. That's what you actually do is mm. like, you know, skid around these crazy turns and whatever in your in your super like speeder. Yeah. Um, but like how to how to make it clear that like, okay, well this race, like it's just gonna you're gonna go through the whole race and it's gonna happen. Mm. And in this race, what? something else might take place yeah 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 Yeah, like maybe you'll finish but depending on where you finish will matter more than in this other race Mm. because i don't want people to be able to repeat a race until they win or get in first place got it i want it to be able to so that like you can do it you do this race once and one time only and if you get in fifth sorry you got fifth like yeah tough bananas Mm. um and if it's like a sort of free free racing sort of like on the open map there'll be plenty of races for you to jump around between so that's not the end of the world if you miss one if you mess one up mm. and maybe it'll pop up again later but it's quite kind of like yeah. you know if you're imagining this sort of like street racing culture like we just did that race like we mm. don't want to do it again just right. so you can try and win a win you know mm. it's like let's go do something else um so yeah to make that like a clear distinction that like okay yeah maybe you know you'll get halfway through this race and the entire race will collapse underneath of you or yeah. something but setting it up in that way, such that at the very end, like the the big race, the name for which I do not have, um, <laughs> the big race. That's what I've been calling <laughs> the, the big race. It'll the name will happen when it happens. Um, it's such that like you know it, it'll start off with like a field of like a dozen different teams probably, but then as you go along, it's like a four seven day race uh, alone. So you know the teams will get whittled down until there's like maybe three at last. So. Mm on the last day of racing you can still come in third place and like not win the big race yeah um, which you know we'll have to play test <laughs> i yeah. say this you know like i'm never going to play test this thing but there'll definitely be a note reading like okay like this is how this is supposed to be set up it might just feel really terrible not to win at the end yeah 
Um, but I also think like nothing I can think of would make that race more intense than to know that you could lose. Right. And have that be it. Yeah, and that be like your story yeah. of that character. Yeah. yeah. And so at least it'll still be third place, mm. you know, like, yeah. But it is tricky because like, okay, well, what if you just like goof and like, or like have to get up and go feed the cat or like, you know, someone spills hot coffee on your lap while yeah. you're in the middle of this race and, and, you're, and, you fly and the game's it, over. And the game is over. <laughs> like that would just, that would really suck. So there's definitely some design that has to go in there, but that's, that's at least what I'm thinking about. That sounds really cool. Yeah. So I started writing like the first few lines the other day and i realized like okay well yeah if you come in fifth people are going to say different things to you than if you had come in first so right. now i have to write some extra some like unique dialogue for first second third fourth and fifth which uh yeah it's going to take a lot of time um but you know keeping it really tight i think it's a good like practice to like all right well obviously i have to write five different outcomes so none of them are going to be that long but they each have to carry with them a unique feeling mm-hmm. so how can i get across the feeling of coming in fourth place in like two lines of dialogue right and you know i've given myself like a, a, a roster of like five different racers that all have somewhat different personalities so what they decide to say can do a very specific thing mm. which is useful um but yeah it's, it's just been nice to like yeah. get my that part of my brain like working again totally yeah um okay well we can take a quick break sweet um uh, we'll be right back and we'll talk about the games we've been playing all right all right that's when you get to clap oh <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> This podcast is brought to you by Pizza Bot. Kind of like Pizza Hut, but a robot's going to make your pizza. Back to the podcast. Pizza Bot. (laughs) And we're back. Thank you, Pizza Bot, for your robotic delicacies. I can't wait. They do actually, those exist though. Yeah, that's what, like, what this game almost was. Mm, it's just like the life of a pizza robot. Oh no, the, like the, the degradation of pizza society. Oh, oh no. I was just like, first it was the Giorno's. Yeah. Now it's Pizza Bots. <laughs> what will happen next? Hmm, okay, cool. Well, what have you been playing? I've been playing Devil May Cry 5 nonstop for wow. the past three days. Damn, I never would have guessed. Is, is, wait, is, so is DMC5 really? new? Or uh, it... DM, yeah, DMC5 came out on March 8th. Okay. Uh, I played it exactly at midnight. Wow, I uh, had no idea you were such a big DMC oh, fan. Oh, like, so the only, fun fact, the only genre I, like, can typify that I really enjoy yeah. are, like, the platinum, like, spectacle fighter games. Oh, wow, no yeah. way. That's which is funny it? from like which just is those no, i mean i like other games but like whenever anyone's like you'll love this game it's got a good story i'm like story put that in the dumpster give me a cool robot <laughs> that is true because it's like yeah I, I i like story in games i like writing them yeah but i cannot play ducky root zero yeah i'm like i've oh, tried so many times like that like i, I feel so bad because everyone's like but you're a narrative designer yeah. And I'm like, yeah my favorite game is metal gear rising or vengeance so like, like, <laughs> Dante says, I'm Jack the Ripper, baby. And then, he, then dubstep kicks in. <laughs> I have a confession, and uh, that confession is that I have never played a Metal Gear game. I, I've it. only played about 30 minutes. No, Metal Gear Rising is not a, really a Metal Gear. I've heard, I've heard. Yeah. But uh, so many people have told me to play those games, not because like they're the highest like epitome of like what games can be, but because they're like so peculiar. They're really weird. Um, I like them. Yeah, and just really seem to commit to to the bit. I yeah, guess. which <laughs> I can always stand behind. So, well, tell me more about Devil May Cry Five. Like, as someone who like 
all I really know about the Devil May Cry series is that there's like some hot dude with a big trench coat and that's Dante. Dante, okay, and he I want to like... name my child after Dante. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> it's an Italian name. Oh he wrote God. the English language. Oh yeah, sneak in. No, like, oh my, my grandfather's name was Dante. Uh, <laughs> we got a name of Dante. Um, and you knock people into the air, and then you like slash and dash, and a number goes up, and then they explode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that is definitely Devil May Cry. It is also like there's definitely a story to Devil May Cry, and like I watched the recap of the last four games. And somehow they summed up four games in five minutes by being like in the first game. Someone was like, Dante, you'll never be able to beat East Demon. But he beat him anyway. And in the second game, he did it again. In the third <laughs> game, it's a prequel where like you'll never be able to beat your brother. And he kills his brother. <laughs> so apparently the Devil May Cry story is like this guy. Basically, uh, a demon and an angel fall in love and they have two kids. Uh-oh. And one of them you forget about for like four games. And one of the other ones, Dante. And yeah. Dante... This crazy slash make people explode shenanigans, mm-hmm. uh, and then like butt rock music plays in the background. <laughs> butt rock? I heard it on the genre. I think the genre used to describe like. I've never heard of butt. Apparently, it's like the genre for like the Metal Gear Rising action games. <laughs> Of just like generic, like not quite classic rock, but not quite like yeah, rock. like like generic, like we threw in like a synth and yeah. like pounding backbeats, and like, some guy like scrapes his hand against a guitar. <laughs> I love it. I think it's fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Uh, let me I... tell you a little bit about Devil May Cry. I guess uh, I've never finished one because okay. it's too hard, except for like the Ninja series. What's games. what's hard about them? Like what? What? How does it work? It's kind of like uh, Dark Souls, where like enemies kill you in two hits but instead of like really long drawn out attacks they're hitting you like Dante I see so people are like flailing at you with knives and guns and whatever Mm -hmm. and you get slapped very easily oh uh they were also like the the PS2 era of like it was by the same person that made God Hand Mm. so like that game is like you just have to get slapped a bunch if you don't learn how to like dodge every move right right and this game uh it's pretty like easy and straightforward uh and it's really great you play as like what I can only describe as like a boy band. Uh, <laughs> there's there's Nero, who's like this punk Link One Eighty Two looking kid mm-hmm. that's just like always got a smart mouth about everything. Uh, there's V, who looks like Kylo Ren, mm-hmm. uh, and he speaks in like Edgar Allan Poe poetry. But he's nice. also a necromancer. So wow. He has a wisecracking. So he's the hottest one. Yes. Okay. Uh, he also has like. Uh, a talking eagle okay, wow. made of like darkness energy definitely that, like, the hottest one yeah that wow. wise cracked the entire he's like wow. cause he will be like and so says May I will be there today and then the eagle will be like hey why don't we get a cracker over here and I'm like what's happening everyone needs a Yago in their life it is a Yago but he's like huge oh 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 he's a big guy yeah he carries him oh wow and then That's there's great. Dante who's like 60 oh. and like at one point Spoilers. Um, puts on a cowboy hat and does a, a one-minute Michael Jackson routine. What? I don't know why, but he does. He, oh he's like, God. I made this for you. And he gets the hat, and he's like, I got an idea. And then he dances for a minute. <laughs> and then everyone in the game looks at it, and they move on. No one, wow. like, addresses it. They're just like, and there goes Dante. Yeah, and they're like, oh, classic Dante. We can't say anything because he will eviscerate us. Yeah, he's a demon. <laughs> <laughs> so what does DMC5 do that was different from previous uh, installations? Uh... 
I think one of the big things is that you're like constantly switching between protagonists mm-hmm. and they all have like different kind of like gameplay structures. So, so this is like the entry of the boy band mechanic? Yeah. Okay. It's the first time. Because usually it's Dante. And okay. then in De- Devil May Cry 4, you're the Blink-182 kid. Got it. Uh, but yeah, in this one, you're like switching between and they all like are wildly different. Oh, cool. Uh, Nero, the Blink-182 kid, has like a prosthetic robot arm that mm-hmm. keeps exploding like in Iron Man 3 when like oh. the the... Suits keep breaking. I haven't seen it. Okay, his suits keep breaking. Oh no! Uh, and in this game, in, in his arm is like, ooh, this one explodes on hit, but like it can't use it. So you're, right. you're like cycling between ninety different robot arms. Oh cool. Uh, Kylo Ren. Uh, he or does he look like Kylo or does he look like Adam Driver? No, he looks like Kylo Ren. Okay, like very specific. Like he wears all black. Oh okay. Uh, and he has a cane. Got it. And uh, yeah. Uh. Not that Kylo Ren had a cane, but I'm just describing. <laughs> uh, and you have like three shadow beasts. Okay. You have like a puma. Mm. You've got an eagle that wide cracks, and you have a giant golem that sometimes shows up and just like falls on people. Oh, that's convenient. Yeah, he's wow. great. Uh, and then Dante. Uh, they try to like they do something really interesting that I like a lot. It's why I like this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, is they take like end game, like because in every action game you're like getting new skills and abilities and new weapons and whatever yeah. and this game they like cut out all the fat basically and like all right you're gonna because dante's 60 right we're gonna give you all the weapons that he had by the end of like insert devil may cry game here yeah and you can switch between four different fighting styles on the fly wow so you're like switching between all that and like that entire game is basically about it's not about challenge it's more about like all right, how big can you make the number go? Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of seems like that's what those games were always really about. So oh, it's yeah. interesting to see them like really lean into it. Just like have all these fun things to play <gasps> yeah, with. Yeah, like off the bat, they were like, all right. And they let you like upgrade from there, but they're like, okay, we're giving you like a sword, boxing gloves, and like <laughs> kicks. And then like we're giving you two guns. Mm-hmm. We're giving you every fighting style imaginable. Yeah. And you can just go nuts. And I'm like, they just throw you in there and I'm like I'm not a you that they're like don't worry about it they're not gonna hurt you I'm like well, I guess <laughs> it's like have fun kid yeah they literally just drop me in I'm like ah that's awesome um maybe I'll have to play a Devil May Cry game I, don't I know. think it's kind of fantastic yeah I can't, this is why I miss the game the, the open libraries because like otherwise I could just like walk in and be like hey I just want to beat some guys up for a few minutes today and see what this game is about without yeah, having to pay for it exactly I'm wondering if I could still sneak my way in somehow oh yeah you could I probably just could just sign you in yeah I'll have to look into it um, so I've been playing uh, video game wise not a whole lot new as opposed to last week so I've been playing you know Apex Legends of course really good. Uh, I guess the one new revelation I've had is like I still have a disturbing amount of muscle memory left from when I played Modern Warfare 2, like, really? a okay. decade ago. Um, because, I mean, I obviously have played, like, other first-person shooters on on uh, console before mm. um, or since then. But that was, like, the only one I really actually, like, tried right. to get good at mm. um, when I was... I forget how old. Um, but I'd previously been playing uh, Ape Legs on my pc and just getting obliterated because yeah. like i've played like a little bit of overwatch like this is the first actual computer i've used before mm. you know actual windows machine um to play games on and so i'm just getting like annihilated i have no like my my aim is horrible Same. i can barely press like WASD in the, oh, in the yeah. right like, style like, like sprinting and then going into the crouch yeah. and like destroying my pinky which is yeah great. yeah and like oh i need to like smash the heal button but it's like kind of a different like button it's like i had to reach for and i like i miss every other time I yeah. throw up and it, you know a lot of a lot of stupid stuff happens and so i like 
you know, well, okay, if, I, if I'm playing this game alone, I don't want to play it, like, just at my computer, like, in my room, like, away from everybody else, because, like, you know, we have our living space and our kitchen's right there, so people are, like, out and about, like, making dinner or whatever. It'd be nice to, like, be in that space, yeah. but still playing this game. Mm-hmm. So I put it on, on the PS4 because it's free, which is, is great. I love yeah. that you can just do that. Um, and uh, so I started to play there. And oh, wait, is, so... it, is it like cro- does it like cross? No, I don't think oh, so. Okay. Maybe maybe you can, but I'd be surprised. Okay, because um, it just automatically uses your PSN name. Um, oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> the sidebar, the other hilarious thing about playing, going, moving from PC to console is that on PC, no one had an origin account before like, oh, Apex so Legends good. happens. But, so yeah. everyone has like actual usernames there that are like funny or like interesting or at least strange, but like intelligible yeah and then moving to uh, ps4 which you, you you've had to have your psn name for the past like 10 years yeah and everyone just has the most it's ridiculously like, yeah, impossible it's always like dingle button 97 yeah and it's like oh i made this man i was a 97 i have i literally have a friend who's uh whose psn name is i'm a big boy now 99 <laughs> because he thought he had to use his email address <laughs> wait, so that he... <laughs> wait so that was his saving face well like hold on let me clarify though. I thought it had to be my email, which is also I'm a big boy ninety nine. Yeah, well, I think the email had been like a joke, and but that that was still the email he used for his PSN, and so he used yeah, it was pretty bad. So that's that was that's just funny. Oh yeah, origin names are fantastic. I'm I'm Nanny Phantom. Nah. <laughs> because like I would only play Rays, and then they're like, oh my god, you like Danny Phantom? I'm like I'm like I'm like Fran Jesher's Nanny Phantom, yeah. and they're like, why? And I'm like, that's who I am, because <laughs> I am really slow. <laughs> Um, but I'm like way better on on console mm-hmm. because like I can just press the buttons better yeah. and like you were saying uh, earlier is that okay well also the player base is probably a little less dedicated to being amazing at this game there are probably few streamers who are like you know ex Overwatch pro players that are just dropping in to like murder some people right. on PS4 to do this mm-hmm. um, but yeah just the amount of like control I had the like lack of thought I had to put into things was like kind of surprising like it took me like a couple of rounds to like figure out like what all the controls were doing and like oh, okay so this I might want to remap these or something or just this yeah. that kind of stuff, but then after that yeah I was just like talking to like my roommates and like people were playing other music and like cooking and stuff and like I'm just playing this without listening to it and I'm doing like three times as good yeah, which is just a little frustrating <laughs> right I can totally I wonder if I should hook up a controller I tried is it bad. It doesn't help because oh, <laughs> everybody it? else is using mouse and keyboard. When oh, you're so they're computer. all like actually aiming at you. Yeah, yeah. Because like, yeah, you know, on, on console, like everybody has to deal with this like lack of input uh, specificity, mm-hmm. um, which for me helps like aim a little bit because like you can strafe a lot more easily yeah. and like you have much less uh, precision, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you can at least put it where you want to, or at least it's not going to move from where it is currently without you realizing that you've moved your hand because you freaked out. Yeah, you know, like. Um, so that, that's just been interesting. I've also stopped playing Bloodhound as much because, like, I just realized, like, if we need a lifeline, we need this healing character, and if no one else is going to play them, it's going to oh, be me. I have a dedicated th- lifeline main in my party every time. Yeah, because otherwise it's just going to be ugly. I have an interesting experience with playing Bloodhound. I figured out he's the only character I can play because... Oh, they right! Yeah. Oh, you're right! Which I, I just think is amazing. That. Yeah, the it's voice, really good. The voice actress is a woman. That's really interesting. Which I didn't. Which now that I'm, I've listened back to, I'm like, oh, yeah, I can kind of hear that. But at the first, at first, I was like, I, I kind of sounds like a dude. Yeah. Kind of doesn't. I don't know. I gotta listen again. All right, yeah. That's really cool. Okay. So with Bloodhound, uh, I found out that I have such a hard time seeing any character in this game. True. Everyone's like, yeah. blue and gray. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, when I play Pathfinder, I play like a black, the blacked out version, so it just looks like you're some scrap. Yeah. Or it's like a charm. <laughs> He's hiding behind like another gun. You're like, is that a gun or Pathfinder? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, because Bloodhound has like the the highlight every character because I can't see them button. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only way I've ever, I've only ever gotten killed because they're highlighted in bright red. And I'm like, oh, that's where they were the entire time? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I like, I like Bloodhound for that. And because your movement speed gets jacked up. So like, oh yeah. If you go sicko mode, I always have going sicko mode. Sicko mode. <laughs> oh God. I've had so many experiences though, where like I'm doing the Bloodhound thing. Like, oh, someone playing Bangalore popped some smoke, but I can still see motherfuckers. So I'm yeah. going to go run them down and like put some shells in their ass. And then I'll like run down their footprints. I'm like following them through this yeah, house. Yeah, you like go Batman. And then I like slide into the room and I pull the trigger and it goes click. And I don't have any ammo and I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta reload. But I'm using the goddamn peacemaker, so I gotta like, and then oh, I just die. I'm always it's like, the worst. like whenever I go, whenever I go sicko mode, it's always like, I'm like the firefight turn. Everyone's actually shooting people, and I'm like running around behind them. Like, I'm scraping. Like, no, 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 you're not. You're just not doing anything. And I'm like, I'm running fast. <laughs> Here I go. I'm crazy. I'm so good. I am fast. Yeah. I'm very fast. Yeah. I that's definitely happened to me a few times where I'm like, oh, well, I'm I'm gonna run around. I'm gonna like sneak up behind him and get him. And then my teammates have already killed him. Yeah. Which you know, okay, so what? They died anyway. But like, that, if they hadn't, I would have got them. That cute sure. button is like the is like the applejack for me. It, yeah. It just gives you that bolt of energy. <laughs> yeah. I'm so bad at using the like pulse though. The little like where are they right now kind of like scanner oh i've never i've like been next to people and that not go off yeah well it's kind of like because it's not a bubble around you it's just like a kind of like cone in front of you <gasps> that explains everything yeah it's like because they'll be like over here and i'll be like all right time for i don't know what it's called yeah it's kind of like you're you're running up to a house and you can like see most of it at once you're like oh is anybody in there you pop that and it'll like kind of tell you more wait if it's a cone in front of me why not i use my eyes for that <laughs> i just be like oh there they are but it'll show them through walls so it's like you're trying to find someone they know that I you're can there use my ears for that <laughs> i know and it's not the biggest thing in the world um and they can also like know that you've used it that's the other bad part that you're going like hello and then <laughs> everybody yeah you're knocking on the door going Anyone in there? I've been walking away. It's like echolocation. Yeah. Like, like literally echolocating. With echolocating with my eyes. I want to go like, anyone in this room? Yeah, I'm in here. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I've also started to play um, Bangalore more just because I didn't realize how huge of an advantage their passive is. Oh, but yeah. when you get hit, she starts to like dip. Like she just like runs faster, which is so useful because it's like I won't realize that I'm getting shot sometimes. Or like yeah. I won't realize for a, a couple seconds, but she'll just like instinctively be like, "We gotta move right now!" Yeah. <laughs> like so, do Famous that. Race does that too, where like when people are aiming at you, oh, she can like warn her teammates. So like I have bad situational awareness, so people will be like in front of me, lining up to yeah. like, end my day, and then like a voice in the back of my head will go like, "Hey, you should run away!" I'm like, oh my god, they're right. <laughs> I don't think I've actually ever played as Wraith, to be I'll honest. Wraith have the ne negative one point. 140% the hitbox of Gibraltar. Wow. Isn't interesting? 140%. Yeah, she's almost one and a half times smaller than the biggest character. Yeah, she's that's, a small character. That's tough. They, I, I'm assuming Respawn knows that Gibraltar is, like, kind Bad. of a problem. Like, I love his character. I, like, when we when I first played the game, I was like, I want to play this guy. He seems like an awesome dude. Yeah. You know, helping people out, you know, trying to rescue folks. I read everybody's, like, backstories, of course, right. before I played. Like, oh, God, like, this... 
like his backstory got really intense like they he his boyfriend was like they were going skiing together or something the boyfriend might come in the game soon oh really oh my god i can't wait which i've played before um and they go skiing and then like there's an accident and like gibraltar's family gets injured or something and they like rescue everybody but like his dad loses an arm in the process mm. like i don't know how that happens yeah. in an avalanche but sure yeah. why not like it's in space who cares <laughs> no rules here. um and it kind of seems like oh yeah if you don't know what you're doing like having a more defensive character isn't terrible because you can like have that moment where you're getting shot a couple times and you don't realize it and still not die because of it yeah um but i didn't realize that everybody still has the same health yeah, everyone um, has the same health, and you're playing at the refrigerator. Yeah. So it's, like, a problem. Yeah. Um, I think they, they, the newest patch, they, like, reduced everyone's hitboxes by a little hitboxes? bit. Not everyone's. Like, the problems. Like, Pathfinder is, like, apparently sick. Yeah, uh, yeah, because, like, they have... The Twitch Prime skin is, Yeah, like, it's, like, he's got those those thunder thighs, which I think is amazing. Like, yeah, Pathfinder, get it. Like, yeah, you're going to be so fast with those things. But then the fact that those are the same, that that hitbox is retained for even when he's like little chappy version is kind of a problem. That's chappy. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised they don't have a chappy like type skin. What uh, would that, didn't that just Pathfinder? Yeah. I mean, well, just like, like to have a bit more of like the chappy like vibe going on. What is the chappy vibe? Uh, I guess more South African. Okay. I haven't seen chappy. I don't know enough about chappy. I think it takes place in South Africa. I know it's by the same director that did District 9, which, that which is in South Africa. But I think, I don't know if Chappie had some problematic elements to it. I wouldn't be surprised if it did, given the cultural context of South Africa being incredibly complex. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's what's been up in Ape Legs for me. Uh, I'm still not very good at it. But for some reason, like, I think it's kind of revealed to me the fact that I am, like, a closeted adrenaline junkie. Oh, and I'm, I'm so out of, as you know by now, I can only do adrenaline. <laughs> and, like, it's just even if i like drop in and the jump master decides that we should go d- straight down into skull town and like just try and fight like 10 other people all at once i know we're gonna just wipe but i'm still like let's get it yeah rah, rah, like frothing at the mouth yeah oh like going the melee route oh it's so fun like the beginning of that game when everyone just like has eight bullets in a pistol and yeah. like their fists to survive that's my favorite Mozambique. Part yeah uh, yeah it is really fun um Aside from that, I played, um, so I played Betrayal Legacy last night for the first time. Betrayal, like, the... Yeah, Betrayal House on the Hill. Legacy. Okay. So, I feel kind of, it feels kind of wrong, because I'd never actually played Betrayal before. Mm-hmm. That's a great game. Which, you know, I, I, I really wanted to, um, but then I was listening to another podcast. I'm just going to plug another podcast in my own, because I have no dignity, or no... You know what? No, this is dignified. It's like the museum we made. Yeah. Like we're crediting the people that inspire us. Yeah, we'll exactly. Um, I was listening to Waypoint Radio, and uh, mm. Austin Walker, who is probably my favorite games personality these days. I think also me as well. Yeah, he's so fucking smart. Yeah. Um, and just like a great guy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I had played Betrayal Legacy and was just like would not stop talking about how amazing it was. Mm-hmm. And it sounds it sounded so cool that I like, want to get it. We went to a board game shop like yesterday and just like grabbed a copy. Um, which is oh my god, it was like seventy dollars. I doubt so it. I was about to we say, split like, it. We the... split it amongst the roommates because yeah. it's like so. Betrayal at House on the Hill is this sort of um, procedural almost board game, right. in which you play as a group of characters who've come to this like spooky house looking for fortune. I guess mm-hmm. I guess that's like why they're there. But it seems really creepy. Like, wh- do you ever find valuables in this place? Like, no, you never find <laughs> like good. Look- it's always like you find the severed head that curses you forever. <laughs> I'm like, oh, lucky me. <laughs> Why does anybody go back to this yeah. place? There's like a little eight-year-old being like, hey, look, I found the blood of an ancestor I never had. And it's like, whoa! 
Um, so you show up and you're all like exploring this house and like every tile you you explore you like flip a new random house tile yeah. that like ex- grows this house out in a new way every time you find items you find flintlock pistols salt daggers like random occult objects and you're like maybe we shouldn't be here yeah. while this is also here the door's open the entire time but you can yeah. leave <laughs> and then at one point some dumbass gets themselves haunted by something so like they go into the basement and oh don't you know there's a vampire down there and they got bit and now they're a vampire and are trying to kill everybody um, and so everybody reads their own independent rules and then they have unique win conditions. So the vampire has their specific thing that they want to do and the other players don't know what that is. So they're like running around to all these random rooms, like doing things and like, what are they doing? Like, we just got to fucking kill this guy with a stake. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like how betrayal works. Uh, and then legacy essentially has like a campaign mode. So mm. it was kind of crazy because like, the way you unbox this thing is very specific. Mm. Like you have to look at Dude, every deck of cards, and it says, "Do not open these cards until instructed to." So you're just like, "Okay, you're gonna leave yeah. that there." It's like, "Do not open these cards until instructed to." Do not shuffle. It's like, "Okay, not shuffling these." <laughs> and then they have a heads up to anyone who gets this game. There are these things called tile planks, and it's this like big thick stack of like cardboard punch outs that have like room tiles on them. And so if you played Betrayal, you're like, "We need a lot of these because we gotta build up the house." Um, don't do that. Mm. It says don't open until instructed. The rule book will tell you to punch out tile cards. They do not refer to these tile cards. Interesting. So what though the plank tiles are for concurrent or like following um, campaigns or chapters basically. So it's like we did the we just did the prologue last night because we had to figure out what was going on. Mm. It took us a while. Um, but basically every camp every like game you play time advances so you all begin as like a member of like a house essentially like a family and it starts off like 1660 or something like that Mm. and so you play again and now it's like 1740 and so you're playing as a descendant of a person that had gone to that house okay and so you know the way it shook out for well i guess it's not the way it shook out but uh the campaign is kind of the same every time but so Mm. someone died at the creek basically like a bunch of people died at the creek because of how things worked out so there's like three little ghost stickers like you put stickers on the tiles to be there permanently Oh. So now when we play again, the creek shows up and you're like, oh damn, the creek is like mega haunted. <laughs> and it's like, that's where my poppy died. Like, it wasn't good. And like the, the the family cards like have, they're like these big cardboard things that you like write the name and their age and like what their fate was, like what happened, like went oh, insane, God. ran into the door and put his head through the glass until he died, you know, kind of thing. This is a kid's game. <laughs> <laughs> 12 and up. Yeah, I know. It's so good. Um, and so, yeah, that's basically how it works. But like the, there's like the legacy deck that like, will give you like instructions about like what to do so it's like okay don't like don't read this card until you get your first omen card so the omen cards in the in the base game are like what build up to activate the haunt um but in this is just like another thing that they can play with to like wait until three omen cards have been revealed and then read this card aloud or Mm. do whatever is or like read this card to yourself and don't say anything or like this person has to read this card like the amount of like choreography that's going yeah. on this is very very good yeah and very specific like um i don't know if i want to spoil the prologue but basically the way it worked out oh, was no. like don't tell we thought i'm gonna get the prologue okay I-, I won't say anything specific but we thought we'd made a mistake and so we revealed information to one another that we didn't think was important and it was oh when it tells you not to reveal information to one another don't do it even if you think it's like oh well we just goofed and like maybe we did something wrong let's figure out what's going on trust your gut and just don't say anything yeah because it's like very well choreographed yeah it's very well put together um so that's been really fun and i'm excited to play more of it and you know we were able to split it between the roommates because like 
it's better if you play with the same people each yeah, time. Yeah, I can't imagine, like, going through the first campaign, having, like, knowing the backstory, and then being, like, it's not like, like a party game. Yeah. Sense that, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think you can you can definitely play, like, a free play mode. Mm. Um, but I I think, I mean, the way the rule books lay it out is, like, you unlock free play at the end of the campaign. Because it seems like it'll just be, like, easier to, like, do the campaign if you haven't, like, popped out all the tile cards mm. already, because... Well, we actually did that because it seemed like you should do that. Yeah. So now we have like dozens of these tile cards that are supposed to be in a very specific order. So it's like every time oh. you get a new campaign, it'll tell you or next chapter in the campaign, it'll say like, hey, all right, pop out tile planks one and two and add these into the deck of room cards. So like you come back to the house like 40 years later and there's an addition that's been added somehow. Like something lives here. Somebody's like taking care of this property and they've added like a sunroom or like a well and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so like the house does grow and evolve every time you play um but that's supposed to unfold in a very specific manner right and we didn't realize that so now manner one of us <laughs> one of us and it's probably gonna be me is gonna have to go through and look at the list that some bright soul put on boardgamegeek.com that tells you what order they're supposed to be in i'm pretty yep. sure it's like one of the developers of the game yep. pretty active on that platform and just said like okay like we know that people are probably gonna do this so this is the order they're supposed to be in. I'm like, man, if you knew people were going to do this, you could have been more explicit. Yeah. Like when it says pop out all the tile cards, you could have had a little sentence in there that says like, but not the tile planks. Yeah. <laughs> like it's got tile in the name. Like if you played the game before, you I mean, know exactly you exactly if you go to touch it beforehand. Yeah. Anyway, but it was really fun. And yeah. and the way it worked out was was a really good time. So hopefully we'll be able to get similar people together the following times. Like hopefully I'll be there for every game of this that happens. Mm. And my one roommate will be there as well. But we played with the full like five people. Right. which was really fun and so like it's not the end of the world with, like one member of the family that you know my girlfriend's sister was playing isn't there the next time you yeah. know we play with four people so we don't use their She's on vacation yeah they didn't want to go back to this house in this decade because it seemed a little sketchy yeah <laughs> you know um so that's been that's been a lot of fun i'm like eager to play it again because mm-hmm. like the prologue is also like kind of short like yeah. it seems like it was kind of more intended to like do this and then also in the same sitting play the first chapter uh, yeah which is what like, i kind of wanted to do but mm-hmm. it people were like kind of you know tired because it took us a while to set up at mm. one point so yeah that's what i'm playing at least nice um anything else that you want to mention i just realized that when you were talking about being an adrenaline junkie mm-hmm. earlier i realized that the only game that i've been playing aside from Devil may cry recently that i'm playing a lot like a lot of is not adrenaline oriented at all mm-hmm. i've put in about 25 hours of persona 4 in the last oh, like wow. week and persona a half four yeah interesting my friend lent me his vita mm. yeah i'll play persona 4 gold because i was playing persona 5 a little bit and i'm like man and i was talking to my friend about how much i liked it and they yeah. were like you should really play persona 4 yeah that one has like really really cool characters that you're mm-hmm. gonna like a lot because i was also playing uh blaze blue tag which is like the fighting game with like had like four different anime properties in one yeah. one of them persona 4 uh, and I'm like, oh, Kanji's cool, and Yusuke's cool. And they're like, oh, you should really just play that game. Yeah. So they gave me his Vita. Because uh, no one's using their Vita anymore. <laughs> exactly. It's three perso- every far I read, like, my, my Vita is a Persona machine. Yeah. And I'm like, well, let me see. Let me see if I get into yeah, this. I never, I never played Persona 4 on my Vita. I got a Vita, like, early on because I was like, you know, this is one of those, it felt like one of those machines where it's like normal normally i would like wait until there was like a larger roster of games and then jump on but i know if i do that and they don't support it i'll just never get one but i should really get one because it seems like a nice like a maybe not important but like a 
an interesting device to like own. Yeah. And certainly like as a precursor to the Switch, it's like kind of cool to like. Yeah, it to, definitely like, really to is. To think about. So I got one like relatively early, but mm. yeah, we were playing like Uncharted Golden Abyss. Right. Also, a sidebar: those things are tanks. I had a friend sitting on the back, sitting on the back of a pickup truck, like on the tailgate, just playing with it, and then somehow he managed to drop it all the way onto the street, and it was fine. Like it had a few like scratches it's, it's on it. Really tough. But like it didn't crack, it didn't break or anything. All the buttons still worked. I was like, okay, well this is cool. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Persona Four is absolutely fantastic. Hmm. It is like all of the like misery and because you're talking i remember uh i like i listened to i listened to the the oddly enough pre-ad break uh of like emily's podcast where we're talking about like like tedium yeah like boredom yeah and persona 4 is like all the misery and tedium and like repetition of high school hmm. and i'm so in i'm like so <laughs> locked because i feel like i'm just like living out my day every day where i'm like gotta go meet Yusuke by the park so we can get hot dogs like we, <laughs> we were planning this a week ago and a half ago and like normally every other game I ever enjoy like fighting games or yeah. games where people like blow each other's heads off mm-hmm. and like there's definitely that in like the dungeon areas where like you have like crazy monsters yeah. but like what gets you the crazy monsters is like well I have to get my social rank up with Susie <laughs> otherwise like I won't be able to get the empress persona because she's uh, technically an empress in my social link so i have to go to the movies with her at least nine other times wow in order to like make and I, in my head i'm like and i have to go finish that book every night because then i can fold origami cranes better and the origami cranes raise my understanding ranking and if i'm more understanding i can talk to jenny and jenny will get me the good person <laughs> like every like i think it's a really great game because it uh, uh it like actualizes all the anxieties I regularly have, like right. the interconnectedness of things. Like, yeah. well, I have to do this thing tomorrow because if I don't do that, then like, like yeah. when you're just like, huh. you're going to the nth degree, right. and when, especially in high school when everything feels like it really matters a lot. Yeah. That game, like, it's like, well, I have to do my homework right now because if I don't do it right now, I'll have to do it during lunch, but I need to talk to this person during lunch. And if I don't talk to them, then I'm probably not going to go to that party. And and I'm going to that party. I'm college. Not gonna, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to be a bum. Yeah. Down by the river. Uh, and like, it does it so. I don't know if it's intentionally or not, but it feels like I'm constantly thinking about every single thing I have to do, mm-hmm. and it drives me a little bit crazy. Wow. But just crazy enough that I'm like, I can beat this. <laughs> I've got. I've graduated real high school, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm about to graduate from college. college. Assholes. What's, a little, what's a little demon gonna stop me? <laughs> It's cool that like it also ties it then ties that to like a spirit world kind of thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, are you familiar with Nichi Joe? No. So it's it's an anime, but that also like traffics in the everyday, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it's like it's funny. It's like about like eleven year old girls just being really bored most of the time, and just like all this crazy stuff happening. Uh-huh. And like there's this one great segment where they're like stuck in an elevator, mm-hmm. and like it's the most dramatic thing in the world. It's like it gets really quiet, and like they're just like they're saying like one like random words to each other, and they're like so sullen and just like. Like like not like dead to the world because they're stuck in this elevator and they can't take it because they've been in there for like five whole minutes. Um, it's just it's like really good. It's like yeah. so it's so thoughtful and like really strange also at times, um, but like also like really over the top. It's great. Yeah, it's really good. It's really fantastic. I love because there's like dedicated battle music in that game, mm. and there's like a moment in that game where uh, someone thinks they got like the phone number. Of a girl they like or something <laughs> they call it and it's like someone that kind of hates them oh no the battle music <laughs> plays and i was cracking up they were like you stay and he was like oh 
I love when games do that. Like when they swap in like the really serious music for yeah. like, something dumb. I'm yeah. so perfect. Oh my god. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to find like resurrect my my PlayStation Vita. I would. I I can't recommend it. It's so long. Mm. It's impossibly long. Mm. But like can't get away i'll put because i found out why i love handheld games that mm-hmm. like when i'm in bed oh doing yeah. nothing yep. i'm like i can play like three hours before <laughs> a quick three hours before nodding off yeah mm-hmm. oh, it's so and the characters are so great hmm. even like someone asked me because like there's a character that's kind of like a piece of garbage yeah not like literally but like just very annoying and whiny right and like have bad bad opinions about everything and i'm like everyone's like man, don't you hate so-and-so? And I'm like, I used to. And then I realized that he's a 15-year-old and that he's subject to change. Because <laughs> he's like, ew, girls are gross. And then and I was like, don't you hate this guy? And I'm like, he is 15. <laughs> like, like, yeah, but not in a like a moral way. Yeah. It's like, he'll, he'll, he'll shape up. Yeah. God so, willing. Because they all, they're all drawn to, drawn to be like, look like they're like adults, basically. Right, so right, like, right, right, right. Man, you skate... I like, I was thinking horrible happens, and I'm like, well, he's in a sophomore year, of <laughs> so like he will grow up out of the cootie phase, yeah. basically. Hopefully, God, God help. God us willing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. That sounds fun. I'm gonna have to check that out at some oh, point. Yeah. I know it's been recommended to me like a million times over the past like four years, but maybe this will be what pushes me over the edge yeah. or something. I don't that know. or Persona Five. Play a Persona game. Yeah. yeah but yeah. like, recognize that's gonna take all of you. <laughs> will do. Um, okay, well, I think that's a pretty good a pretty good show run. Do you have anything you want to plug before we sign off? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to plug Pizza Bot. Pizza Bot, the forthcoming game from the one and only Mike of the Lappy. Where yeah. can we f- people find you on the internet? Oh, oh yeah, that's what I should plug. Uh-huh. So uh, my games are on michaeldelappy.com. Oh, that's wow. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-D-E-L-L-A-P-I. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will find games such as uh, Delapi and Jimmy's Hall of Available Samples there it on is. the front page. Um, and yeah, that's where you can, you can find me on Twitter at, at Delapaflaka. Uh, or type, type in like Michael Delapi on Twitter and you'll yeah, find that because the like name's that. hard to find. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's all I got. I look forward uh, hopefully see more stuff about Pizza Apocalypse. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to keep my eyes tuned. Uh, as always, you can follow... Oh, actually, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to be honest because we don't tweet ever, but you can follow... <laughs> make play radio um at make play radio on twitter and at some point we might tweet something um which will be fun um you can follow me at jimmy stein on twitter and facebook and instagram i think i'm the same on all those platforms um nick uh, isn't here today he's visiting with some family right now but um he he's on facebook and twitter and instagram i think <laughs> I, well he like literally never used twitter so i'm not gonna bother plugging that one you can email us at makeplayradio at gmail.com with questions comments concerns we could use literally any of those um so that like michael from google stops emailing us and being the only person in our inbox anymore you looked at me and said michael from google and i was like jimmy you know i don't email you that much <laughs> um all right that's gonna do it for us today thanks for listening and uh, we'll be back uh, next week hopefully Bye. Yeah. Oh, I get it. It's make and play. That's we're, the name of the show. We're really uh, original. What the fuck is going on? <laughs>
be like, that's funny. Where the fuck is my thing? Where the fuck is my goddamn water? When the mic goes off, you're the fucking <laughs> executive. An yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Mike, that sounds like a really cool game. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Don't you know everyone hates pizza games? 